BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another Victory uh, Monday edition of the Dogs Podcast, coming to you live from our brand new studio. We can still call it a brand new studio, Absolutely, right? we can. For like <laughs> the first year or two. Yeah, for a brand new studio. <laughs> we welcome you back here live on YouTube. We appreciate everybody being here. Uh, if you want to get your intros, voicemails on the show, we have a couple to get to today. Head to thedogspodcast.com. Tap, leave voicemail on the drop-down menu. Obviously, today we're going to get into the big win over the Cardinals. Browns moved to 5-3. and three. Deshaun played a full game came out injury free uh, a lot of good stuff happening for the Browns right now currently all four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs if the season were to end today which is insane so we're going to get into all that good stuff before we do though remember to check us out on all our socials uh, Twitter uh, TikTok Instagram Facebook all of them is Threads still a thing? No. Threads, is, <laughs> threads came and gone like it's like that. It was like a, a fart in the wind. I can't stick with that one. <laughs> uh, so find us on all the other ones. Not Threads. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, you can find us at the Dogs Podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you don't miss any new episodes, any new content that we're putting out. Again, we're going live all the time. Uh, seems to be some of our best stuff yet. So we appreciate you guys being here. Uh 
Lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page. You get access to the private Discord. You get uh, an extra episode every week. Lately, we've been going live in the Discord for our after hours episodes. Yeah, me and John actually just wrapped that up. Yep. So you get basically you get to just jump in the Discord and be a part of the episode right now. Um, those have been a lot of fun for people. Uh, typically in the off season, the after hour episodes get pretty loose pretty much just about anything we can come up with since football's not going on uh it's it's a pretty good time for everybody the discord's definitely the highlight so if you want to hang out with browns fans from all over you want to hang out with the dogs more often throughout the week get our input on stuff uh as the week progresses leading up to game day head to join the dogs.com to become an official dog pack member so good game for the browns I, just just a little bit. Uh, and to anybody out there who's saying, well, it's just the Cardinals, I don't want to hear that. They're a professional NFL football team that um, had played tight with the the Cowboys earlier in the year. They beat just, the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys, so they played better than tight. Uh, they played tight with the Ravens just a week ago. 49ers um, a little bit. Yeah, and, and here's here's the my takeaway from this is, they're, they're a bad football team. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying that they're a good football team, but they're still a professional football team with professional athletes with what people are thinking is going to be a good young uh, head coach, offensive-minded head coach. Um, and good teams, when they play bad teams, are supposed to do what we did. Okay? And we, in my opinion, even went above what would be considered expected in terms of domination, especially defensively. We held them to 58 yards. They had 17 net yards passing. I, I understand <laughs> he was a first-time rookie, but even nobody thinks DTR played well against the Ravens. He had That's more true. than 15 yards passing. That's Their true. Entire total offensive yards. Dustin Hopkins had that in one kick a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like... Good teams dominate bad teams. That's what we're. That's if you're a good team. That's what you're supposed to do. In years past, I'm telling you right now, if Joe Woods was still here, that potentially could have been a dogfight. Right. Tune would have tuned us up for <laughs> well, 250. Did the Cardinals yards. have running backs on the roster? Yeah. Yes, I, they would have. They would have destroyed us. Yes, I saw a huge, uh, uh, in, like an eye-opening stat for me in this game was that outside of Tune, nobody on their team averaged over a yard rushing. Did, I don't know. Did you look at the box score? We did. Point seven, point eight, and point nine. Yeah, we were talking about that in the Discord. Nobody real. Their quarterback was their leading rusher, and he, it's not like he killed us. He had five carries for twenty-eight yards. His longest was eleven. So he had four carries for his other 13 yards or something like that, 14. Yeah. Whatever my math. I'm not, I don't math well. <laughs> You've mentioned this. Uh, I'm not a mathologist. Right. But, um, I'm a podcaster, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm something of a podcaster myself. <laughs> yeah. But they still got Rondale Moore, okay? They still have Marquise Brown. Like, they have some, some skill Trey guys. McBride's not a bad tight end. Yeah. And it was complete domination. I mean... That talk about that's the game that a bounce back game the defense needed because they they obviously played really really well against the 49ers but we're seeing that the 49ers without Debo and stuff like they've been reeling a little bit it affects their offense and that was in the weather I'm not taking anything away from the defense but the haters out there putting asterisks on that one okay <laughs> and then you come out and the Colts and you give up 30 points to Gardner Minshew they go right down the field on you. Mm -hmm. You play really well last week, but you give up a game winning drive late in the game. You kind of, they kind of needed a get right game, a game to just come out and dominate from start to finish. 
And that's what they did. It was just total domination. Yeah. I mean, I think Justin's the one who always talks about how, you know, usually, well, I think you say it too, like we, we're offensive guys. We like watching the offense in the modern NFL, but this defense, like when the Cardinals would get the ball yesterday, that's when I was sitting up on my couch, like, all right, let's see what we're going to do here. Cause it just felt like every time they had the ball, something big was coming from the Brown side of the field. Not them. So 58 yards of offense, uh, three turnovers, seven sacks. Um, just stupid game. For the, the, the most impressive interception, maybe. I mean, Denzel Ward, that pick where he just leapt sideways and snagged it out of the air was. They actually talked about it, too. Like the, the amount of athleticism and awareness it took. He wasn't even watching the quarterback. His eyes were on the receiver. And then he got his eyes at the last second because it was just a terribly thrown ball. Mm-hmm. But 99 times out of 100 or most corners in the league, that's just an incomplete pass. Right. Denzel Ward turns it into a turnover. Um, he's playing crazy good this year. Yeah. He's back. He's, he's back to back being an elite, elite corner. And or, what or about perfect. Emerson? Oh, like, man. what a what a gem that Andrew Barry found in the third round last year. All this these kid. all these people talking about how Andrew Barry can't draft. It is mind blowing to me. He's yeah. J O K. Uh, Martin Emerson, Delpit, Dewan Jones, Delpit. Like the list goes on. Yeah, does he he miss on some fourth and fifth round picks? Absolutely. What GM doesn't? They all do. The, they the all draft do. is a crapshoot. The fact that this roster is this loaded with what we're paying some of these top end players, it's because he drafts so well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah, Martin Emerson. Martin Emerson's a dog, and I feel like he's gonna like he's perennial pro bowl type corner yes he, him and him and denzel ward make the case best cornerback doing the league and we're not even talking about newsom right now i we didn't talk about it last week i don't think on the show after the seahawks game but i thought that emerson did a decent job with dk metcalf i feel like he he is the guy that can lock down a, the bigger like mike evans last year the bigger stronger more physical wide receivers for the opposing team emerson's got those guys because he's a big physical dude himself yeah uh, I, I saw, I don't have it on me and I don't want to just sit here in silence, but I, some of his stats when like being targeted this year and quarterback rating, it's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, he might be a pro bowler this year. I could pull some of that. I got PFF up here. I could pull him up and see what the, the grades are for the season. But you know, he's the defense is just tenacious. And like you said, I know the Cardinals are obviously not the best team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're still an NFL team. They're still practicing every week. They still have NFL caliber uh, talent on the team. And like you started the show saying we went out and did what we were supposed to do. Good teams are supposed to beat the snot out of bad teams. And that's what we did. So, you know, Kenny Mack, um, dog pack contributor, we were talking in the discord show before this and everything. We were talking about how that Browns game came and went yesterday. And by the end, it was like, okay, I'm ready to go do something with my day. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like running around the house, like super pumped. (laughs) I wasn't upset. There was no stress. It was just a nice, relaxing 27, nothing shutout. Like I, like I told my dad against the Seahawks when we were watching it, the Browns, I said, the Browns are a good team. That's just being forced to play with a backup quarterback right now. We got to play with our starting quarterback finally, which we're going to get to his play. Yes. And look, and look at the difference. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when the offense doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't put the defense in short fields. Um, it's just very good complimentary football. Special teams was good. Um, I thought this was a crazy stat. The fewest net yards allowed in a game this season. Browns versus Arizona at 58 yards. Put that 
58 yards of total <laughs> offense in an NFL game. That is that's unheard of. I would I would never in a million years bet that that it's ever happened. And I'm pretty sure uh, it's the lowest in I forget how long. It's like a crazy amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, they it were, was they didn't uh, have face mask or something. That um, was the third lowest uh, yardage allowed. Well, how do I want to say that? Yeah, the third lowest yardage allowed by Browns defense in history. Yeah, and, and turns out the Browns have been around a while. A long time, yeah. <laughs> uh, Browns versus Tennessee at 94 yards, and Browns versus the Bengals at 142 yards. Three of the four lowest games this year are Browns games. That's I saw that, Browns too. That's defense. insane. So, great job by the defense. Miles Garrett's playing out of his mind. Shelby Harris played out of his mind. for only He was only in, like, 20 snaps, and every snap kept mattered. Like, he was huge in all of them. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson played out of his freaking mind. He is every bit as good as advertised when we signed him. He's, he's all – and I'll tell you what, who he's not putting up gaudy sack numbers – Yet. That's not his thing, though. I'm not even talking about Thompson, but is Darius Smith. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, he, he, I think he's got, like, two sacks this year now or something like that. But, you know, you feel him constantly. He's just we, – Miles has still got nine and a half somehow, but you're seeing these opposing quarterbacks in, I would say, most of the games we've played. Uh, the best thing I've seen is they're treating the football like a hot potato. Yes. It's like catch the ball and they're just getting rid of it because they know they don't have time to, to stand there and hold the ball. So like this, the fact that miles is still on pace for 20 is kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, and he's just a freak. So uh, Zadarius Smith has been everything we wanted. The, the sack numbers might not be off the charts. I think they'll come, but um, you feel his presence every single play that he's on the field. Mo Hurst, all these guys are just – the defense is crazy. Taki Taki, his snap count isn't crazy high, but when he's in there, he's playing at such a high level. Mm-hmm. The depth is so good. Like, you're not seeing this drop-off where a starter comes out and they just gash us for 60 yards because the backup shouldn't even be in the league. You know, like the, the right. depth on the defensive side of the ball is is crazy. Um, Jim Schwartz has these guys flying around. Um, it's fun to watch. And what's what's interesting about that defensive line? You're talking about the depth. Who are we not even seeing right now? Siaki Ika. Yeah, he's like I'm dressing. He's not. Yeah, he's like I, is, I don't know if he's hurt or a healthy scratch, but either way, he's inactive because we just don't need him right now. And that's the crazy thing. We built up this intense and just super deep defensive front that we drafted this guy in the third round, and we don't need him right now. No. It's crazy. He's just sitting there in reserves. Yeah. And the thing is, I know that if he was in there, he'd be making an impact too. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what he does when he finally gets to play, yeah. but like you, who, whose spot would he take right now? Uh, Jordan Elliott, who, who to our, all of our surprise was the starter coming out this season. And he's been playing really well. Yep. And then of course, Tomlinson, Harris, all these guys. It, yeah. Who does, where does Ika slot in? You're seeing some guys like a, like a Jordan Elliott, He's not going to, you're not going to take him to, to be your premier guy on your team and lead your defense. But when you surround this dude with other really good players, he can, they elevate his game and he is playing well enough. He's like a great role player. Yes. I feel like the defensive guys, they know their role. They, they know what they're supposed to be doing out there. They do their jobs. Um, they have each other's back. Um, it's just, we've assembled a great defense and that we're finally seeing their true potential being unlocked by Jim Schwartz. Um, what do you guys think? I Obviously, we'll talk more about the defense, but I just saw a name on here. I feel like the Browns 
upgraded at punt returner addition by subtraction <laughs> a little bit we talked yes, about it earlier too. we did we talked about that said so the first time that the cardinals punted and i saw number 11 returning it <laughs> they gave his number away in a day which is kind of it just it just gave me that pause for a second i'm like that's not dpj because you know i've seen him back there for years now number 11 and it took me a second to realize oh yeah that's right that's not him he's not here anymore he's much smaller how do you get so much you know smaller and then he just takes off and we were talking about the confidence with the way he catches and goes. Like that's what we need in it's our return guy. Hundred percent. It's exactly what we need. Yeah. Um, and he's. I think he's just gonna. He's gonna give us that little boost to set up our offense for you know with better field position. It just makes a huge difference. Those little things. It does. Uh, we were talking about the the return. You know, he was doing such a great job, but then the penalties kept getting it called back. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we do have to talk about that because that needs cleaned up. If there's anything to complain about with this awesome win, it's can we stop holding on punt returns, please? I feel like that's every team in the NFL. Like yeah. anytime you see a good punt return, it's called back. And it just sucks though, because you're trying to, you know, move the field position in your favor as much as possible. And we know that in football in general, but definitely in the NFL, every yard matters. And you know, when you're losing 10 of them on a return because of something like that, it just sucks. This kind of takes the wind out of that explosion that just happened. To your point, Blake, there have been so many flags this year. I feel like. Officiating in it's the NFLs, it, the, like the worst I've ever seen it. Um, so let's just, why don't we kind of transition, talk about the offense a little bit here. Grading Deshaun's performance A to F, where would you put him in his first full healthy game in uh, a month and a half, a month. So take it. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess what, what's the, what's the benchmark here? Cause he came out, he threw for 200 plus yards. He didn't turn the ball over. He threw two touchdowns. One was pretty lucky, but you know, he, I felt like he led the offense pretty well for a guy that hasn't played in over a month. I'm never going to apologize for a lucky bounce because we just lost on yeah. an ugly lucky bounce. Very true. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's better to be lucky. Yeah, and we were talking about that earlier because some people were saying, well, was it just a really bad throw? If you go watch the replay in slow motion of the way Amari Cooper was coming on his quick slant, he had he had the defender on his backside hip and then the safety was coming in. The only place that Deshaun could throw that ball was down low so Amari could go down to his knees and get it because he had two defenders converging on him. And I think it was Hudson was blocking his defender, had him stood straight up, and the guy just got a hand up. I, I think it was just the, you know, what I say, wrong wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Ball goes in the air, and then it's the right guy in the right place at the right time. Yep. Yeah. When it's when it's your day, it's your day, and Amari right. Cooper had a day. Uh, if I'm grading Deshaun's first game back, I'm giving him a solid B. I think you saw, especially as the game progressed, I feel like he really started to settle in. Yeah. You saw him, he started to scramble, uh, run a little bit. It was good. I didn't want him to get hit, especially in the shoulder, obviously, but I almost felt like when he took that one pop and he kind of took it in the shoulder and it didn't get worse and like he it was yeah. okay, it was almost like a, like a sigh of relief, like, okay. Can I take a hit and yeah. be okay? So I actually sure. thought it was good for him to take a little bit of a hit. I I mean, as good as taking a hit can be if you're a quarterback. Um, Man, I was nervous when he got up and he was shaking that arm and everything. I thought, oh, crap. Let's see what this next throw looks like. And then he came out and he's he's throwing great passes after that. So it was very, very encouraging. Yeah, I I will also give him a B. No turnovers. Uh, I felt like his 10-yard or I think it was like a 13-yard scramble. That was 
perfectly executed. It came at a really good time. He didn't force it at all. He just he saw a lane and he took it. Uh, I thought he played well, you know, and not every pass was perfect. But I mean, what do you expect? I like the play earlier. We talked about it in the discourse show. It was early in the game whenever he was kind of coming out, broke out of the pocket. It looked like he was going to run for the first down. Tossed it forward. Yeah, and Jerome Ford was out in front of him wide open. And the thing is, like, I don't know if that was just an instinctual thing or if he actually processed what was going on. But if he takes that himself, he gets maybe a yard or so past the first down, then he's got to get down. Mm-hmm. But if he gets it out to Ford, he's got the potential to break a big play or at least get more yards. So I, I thought that was a really heads-up play. And to me, it was good to see that because, honestly, in the first two to three weeks of the season, he tries that play. He might flip it over his head. He might have thrown <laughs> it in the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, even something as simple as that looked hard yeah. a month and a half ago. You know what I mean? And it, it was effortless like it should be. Um Obviously, he had the, the play to Cooper deep downfield, okay? that That's, like, the one that's getting all the run. But there was another play earlier in the game to the left side yeah. of the field and the sideline that was that, like, I see that throw, especially from behind the offense, and I'm like, this is what this is what we're paying for. This is what we're going to get. I think you saw early in the game, he was a little bit slow through progressions, and, and yeah. almost any time you see him with an inaccurate throw, it's – his feet weren't set. He was almost like jump throwing, which you can say this about a lot of quarterbacks. And I think he has the ability to make off-platform throws. He's a playmaker. But that's just going to come with playing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I The announcers for this game I thought were terrible. I told the guys earlier, I, tur- I turned the audio off but partway through. I, th- I thought the one guy did make a good point where he said, it almost feels like every game Deshaun plays, it's like his first start for the Browns. Yeah. Because it's just so choppy. There's been no, he's not been able to get in any kind of rhythm. He comes in and practices, but then he's suspended. Then he comes back and he gets to play six games, but it's in an offense that's not really for him. He's playing with a backup guard at center. It's just choppiness and then he comes in this year and it's it's bad weather and then Nick Chubb gets hurt and then he gets hurt and then he tries to play and he sits out and you know what I mean it's just been yeah he's, there's been no chance for him to just come in get into the offense get into practice and just play football and get into a rhythm look how bad Joe and Joe Burrow is dealing with the calf but even last year Joe Burrow starts every season like the first month borderline awful yeah you know what i mean and you're you actually see it out of a lot of teams early because they don't play in the preseason is they struggle for the first month in the season to get in any kind of rhythm well we saw deshaun in that titans games finally start to get into a little bit of rhythm and then he got hurt and then he had to take five weeks off so now it's going to take him he's almost in his preseason again you know, where he's got to get his timing, get his rhythm, get his feet wet in the offense. Um, I thought it was a good game plan. Mm-hmm. Nice short passes early. Nothing crazy. Just getting the ball out of his hands. Um, and we, we didn't run the ball great, but we still ran it 40 times. So we didn't ask him to do too much in his first game back. I thought it was just a good, smart game plan for him to really come back and just kind of get his feet under him uh, and make some big throws. I thought it was really cool that even Stefanski talked about that deep play to, to Amari Cooper. Like, Amari and Deshaun basically saw something in the coverage and in the game and talked about it on the sidelines, went to Stefanski. He was like, hey, this is what we're seeing. You know, we can check into this. I can beat them on this. And he was like, okay, cool. And then you saw Deshaun actually audible to that play. And then it worked. So um, that's Stefanski. Like, everybody wants to talk about his ego. That's egoless. To listen to your players, take input, let them adapt in the game, let your playmakers be playmakers. Um, I thought it was a great game playing by Stefanski. Um, I just thought it was great all around by the Browns. And um, so I think the Stefanski stuff is like 
I feel I'm not hearing it as much after this game, like the fire stuff. He's, he's awful stuff, but I think he's going to be in discussion for coach of the year. I would say in early discussions now, he's in it for coach of the year. And if the season continue, continues to go well, he'll be in that discussion in not necessarily, it's just because what he's had to overcome. The Browns, we expected, at least we did, we expected them to be good. Nationally, people were picking them to win five, six games. Okay, so if he comes out and wins 10 or 11, he's going to be in the coach of the year discussion. But then to do it where he was missing his starting quarterback for half of his first eight games, he lost Nick Chubb the first quarter of week two. He lost his right tackle in the first quarter of week one. We're now down our left tackle yep. for the next at least four weeks, probably six I'm hearing. Um, the, the fact that he's kept this locker room together, that, that's what I said online is, you can't convince me this locker room isn't bought in. Right. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're a hundred percent to, if they weren't bought in, they wouldn't be overcoming adversity like they are. No, we, we saw in years past a one loss, we'd fold one bad play. We'd fold and and you're not seeing that now. And now it's like next play next game. Like mm-hmm. it's just one and O mentality. You'd see the frustration on the sidelines too, from players with their egos. Uh, the thing with Kevin Stefanski's ego. And I remember we had a voicemail last week that said about, him trying to throw on that third and three or third and three, fourth, whatever it was at the end of the game there was egotistical. And honestly, as an offensive play caller, he's watching the the defense in situations and saying, I, I feel like in this situation, I, we can beat them with a the pass here. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like he's going out there saying, Oh, my passes are unstoppable. My plays are unstoppable. It's, Based on what I've seen throughout the entire game to this point, I think our best chance right now is to try to hit them over the top here. And it didn't work. I know it doesn't you, you know what look I mean? like it, you know, on the stat sheet, really. But I felt like this is another one of those games where our run game did, did like, just enough to, like, <laughs> our, like... We kept them honest. We ran it... Three at, yards per carry was our best running back. Pierre Strong, three yards per carry. So, like, the stat sheet doesn't show it, but it somehow looked like, like our running game them. wasn't, like, as bad as it actually was. We, we, I thought it was a credit to him is, and it helps we're up 27, nothing late. And we took out Deshaun. Mm-hmm. So you're going to just kind of run the ball, get out of the game, but we only averaged 2.8 yards a carry. And some of that's inflated by Deshaun's 22 rushing yards. You take his out. That's probably more like 2.5, 2.2 yards per carry. Um, but we still ran it 40 times. We still ran it more than we threw it. We volumed you know, our way to a decent rushing total yes, on the day, but over, Go ahead. 113 yards rushing on 40 carry. Jerome Ford just isn't it. No, that's what and, I was going to say. And, and I'm not saying that he can never get the ball because I do think at times he's a nice change of pace guy. And when he is ever decisive and he just puts his foot in the ground and gets north and south, he does some nice things. The problem is he just doesn't do that consistently enough right now. I think I think Strong has shown he is the better running back every single opportunity he's gotten. So you said you only had three opportunities yesterday, which I didn't understand. We just talked last week about how after what Pierre Strong showed during the Seahawks game, it was like, okay, this guy needs to be our starting back. At least he needs to get the majority of this timeshare with Kareem Hunt. And then we'll just, like you said, sprinkle in some Jerome Ford when we were trying to hit a home run here and there and stuff. Man, just running Jerome Ford 20 times for 44 yards is is mind-numbingly painful to watch. Every time it's first down, Hand off to Ford at second and 10 or second and 12. It's like, oh my gosh. And I, and I understand like there's got to be holes for him to hit, 
but also at the same time is a professional, like obviously nobody's Nick Chubb, but is a, is a professional running back. Sometimes the hole's not, it's not a huge hole. It's a sliver. You know yeah. what I mean? And you just put your foot in the ground and, and, and you go through that sliver. And if it's two yards or three yards, it's two. But now you're at least you're second and seven now. Right. Instead of second and 10 or 11. He takes so many zero to negative yes. yards. It's just, it's backbreaking for the, and then we're, th- we're throwing in, in obvious throwing mm-hmm. situations, which yep. makes the passing game tougher. He just. Which honestly, that almost makes me want to give Deshaun a little bit of a boost in the grade because he he did have to overcome a lot of that yesterday in his first game back coming off injury, these second, third, and longs because our running game just can't do it. Why should Drum Ford cannot do it? He just like like I said, and even even if you don't want to give strong twenty carries, give him twelve. Yes, give him thirteen. Give Hunt his fourteen and let Jerome Ford have nine or ten. Even you know what I mean, sure. but and keep it the timeshare. But man, let's get let's get the guys who actually get positive yards the ball more often. Ford needs to, or um, Strong needs to be in there on first downs. If we're going to run the ball on first down, I, I want it to go to Pierre. And I don't understand because Pierre Strong can catch the ball out of the backfield. I, he's he's just as fast, I believe. Yeah, I mean it's just he's in my limited time seeing Pierre Strong play football, he's looked immensely better than Jerome Ford every single time. Yeah. And we were talking about this in discord. Like I just, you know, it's same thing with like the return guy, like Prochet versus DPJ, you know, you might not always make the right decision, you know, when you're going to cut or take a lane or choose this way or that way, but just make a freaking decision and go, you're going to get more positive yards by just making a decision and going hard. Yes. Than you are by stuttering and hesitating. And then you lose yards. Like if you're not sure, just, just pick something and go. Yeah, that's like people in here saying he he waits for the perfect time for the hole. Like sometimes you got to make the hole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Like and, and just run through there with power and break a couple arm tackles. Then you don't know. Sure. Because when Jerome Ford gets in the open field, he's gone. He's gone. We were talking about that. He's he is faster than almost the entire defense when he's vertical. Yes. But when he goes horizontal, you're not faster than anybody. You are going to get stuff for a loss. Yes. Just just pick a hole and 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 that's what we need. Out like Nick Chubb is the home run hitter. He can make people miss side to side. He can go lateral and then jump cut and be gone. Jerome Ford doesn't have that. What we need out of our running game right now, it just needs to complement the passing game. We are transitioning from a power running team to a team that is the run game is going to complement what we do in the passing game. So we need you, like, you got to be a Kareem Hunt tight runner, a one cut and just go. And if you never bust one for more than six yards, I don't care. As long as you just keep us ahead of the chains. Yeah. Just you have to quit taking zero yard runs, negative two yard. Like I'm tired of being in second and 10, second and 12. Yeah. And I just don't, I understand trying to stick with a guy because he's progressing or whatever. I just don't, I have not seen him get better. You know what I mean? So I, I think I would pull the plug on it. I, I'm done with the Jerome Ford experiment as our lead guy. I don't want to take him out of the game plan completely, obviously, but I think it's time to no, I think he shift. should. I think he he should still be in there and get the ball because he does. Yeah. Of all the three running backs, he might have the most like home run yeah, hitting ability. Sure. But again, use him as your change of pace guy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like the transition a little bit. The the timeshare. It can still be a timeshare, but that's transition. Who gets a bigger portion of it? Um, I think we should touch on the 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 Jed Wills. Actually, do we have any voicemails? Um. Well, we got one from Fatal No. You just want me to play that real quick before yeah. we dive into some of this? Okay. Here we go. What's up, Browns fans? This is Fatal Gnome from Wisconsin. Happy victory Monday. It's a good victory. Put this at five and three, but I'm sad because, you know, we lost the other week. So 
My 15 and 2 preseason <laughs> prediction is no longer there. But now we're on the 14 and 3 train, baby. Woo! <laughs> My favorite thing about Fatal Gnome is how much he sounds like Kenny Mack accent wise. <laughs> those, those Minnesotans and those Canadians, they yeah. all sound alike. Um, but yeah, he, he's been banging on the 15 and 2 drum all year. So I know he was sad when we gave that one away late, uh, late last week. Um, before we get to the Kenny Mack one, did we want to touch on the Jed Wills injury? Uh, I think we should. One, I thought we, I thought he was gone for the year. Seeing his reaction, too. seeing yeah. the players' reaction, like everybody out on the field. Um, but we got good news today. It's an MCL sprain. A grade, I think it's a grade two, a high like end grade two MCL sprain, which I actually had in high school. Um, and like I, I think I missed the rest of the year, but we only had like six weeks left. So, and he, I, we are hearing it's like a four to six week injury. I would say it's probably going to be like on the sixth week, depending on how severe of a grade two it is. I believe grade two is where like grade one's a stretch. Grade three is it tore completely. And a grade two is like where it started to tear, but it didn't completely all the way tear. Some of it's still connected. Okay. So, um, and MCL doesn't usually get surgery, at least at like the lower levels. I don't know if he'll get surgery for it um, at this level because they get surgery for hangnails and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I thought it was it was good news for him. I felt terrible for the guy because, trust me, nobody has been tougher on Jed Wills than the Dogs podcast. Yes. Um, but that being said, one, you don't, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. No. Two, I feel like he's been finally putting some good games together. Yeah, he was finally starting to come along. And, and we always talked about, like, we felt like what was the most frustrating thing about Jed Wills was we felt like he had talent. He just didn't always have the effort. And going back to that 49ers game, I've I've yet to question his effort right. in, since then. Yeah. You know, like I've seen him. He's playing hard. He's giving it all. He, You know, he's – I feel like he's cut down on the penalties. He had the one penalty in the Niners game, which wasn't 100% his fault with, like, the being downfield thing. Um, and he had, like, the one hold before he got hurt in this game. But he's – I feel like you've you've noticed him less. In, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, which is good for alignment. And I feel like before it was like you just couldn't – not see him messing up or just standing around. So I felt terrible that just as I feel like he was starting to kind of turn the corner and, and really start to kind of play to his potential and at least give the effort we wanted to see for him to get this injury. And you could, I mean, he was devastated. Like, yeah. So, and I thought it was, you saw the whole team out there with him, mm -hmm. which like to me, again, it's a locker room bot and they play for each other. Um, so it was good to see everybody out there with him, but it leaves a gaping hole at left tackle because is as hard as we've been on him, we've also been very much saying, uh, even though we're tough on him, like he still is a serviceable left tackle. He just, yes. you know, 10th pick in the draft, we don't know, but he's still been a serviceable left tackle for one of the best offensive lines in football. And now we got to put in James Hudson, who I think that's a, that's a big downgrade, to be honest. It is. It definitely is. I mean, I know people are probably going to ask in the chat and online and stuff. I mean, do we think that there's a possibility Dewan Jones gets moved over to left tackle and Hudson plays right tackle? I would I, not do that. I don't want to move Dewan Jones. <laughs> I don't think I'm you, just I'm just throwing it out. I know it's going to get asked. I don't I'm not doing that. You got one Dewan Jones is dealing with an injury of his own. True. Um, two, you got this rookie. He was already forced into a tough spot to come in. He wasn't supposed to have to play this much this year, if at all. You, you already forced him into a tough spot to come in and he's playing really, really well. Don't interrupt that um, and move him to, don't make him learn a new position. Don't interrupt his growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, 
that to me, you'd just be making two holes potentially as opposed to just one. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not doing that. That's not something I would do. I would leave the option open if it were me just based on how Hudson performs. But yeah, I think to right out the gate, I, I wouldn't do that either. But you <laughs> want to dive into the Kenny Mack yeah. voicemail? All right. Before we do, Browns fans in Ohio, Caesar Sportsbook, they're running a new signup offer. You guys don't want to miss it. New customers, you guys can get your first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 by using our code DOGS1000 during signup. Not only is your first bet covered, you also directly support this podcast. So if you have not yet joined Caesar Sportsbook, now is the perfect time to make your move. Just remember, code DOGS1000 during signup and place that first bet. Offers only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, fall is in the air, and that means we're looking forward to more of these crisp mornings, falling leaves, and sweater weather. But more importantly, it's the perfect time for fall grilling, tailgating, and cozy comfort food. And let's go back to that tailgating. And there's no better way, no better food to celebrate with at your tailgates and fall cookouts than Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has all your fall cravings covered with 50% off site-wide during their semi-annual sale. That's 50% off all of your favorite tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get an extra $30 off your order. With Omaha Steaks, these possibilities are endless. You get endless flavor, endless value on incredible entrees, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more. All of them 50% off during the semi-annual sale, and every bite is backed by Omaha Steaks' 100% unconditional guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Shop all of your delicious favorites for half the price. Don't forget to enter that promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry up. This sale is only for a limited time. Minimum purchase may apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And before, actually, we get into this, uh, Rick up here, Super Chat, saw you earlier, Rick. Sorry, now's the perfect time to get to this. He says, what moves do you think we make at left tackle? I don't think they will just throw Hudson out there. It's probably going to have to be Hudson this week. It's going to be Hudson. And we had talked about this earlier too. We're not making a big move, I don't think. We're not signing any big name left tackle or 
anybody who's in free agency. I think there's going to we have to add depth. Obviously, there's like Taylor Lewan's out there. Jason Peters is on a practice squad. He's really old. But he could is. He come. Yeah. Could he come in and give you six weeks of play? Um, there's some names out there, like Taylor Lewan. I just don't know if he wants to play football anymore. Right. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. feel like if he wanted to, he could probably he could. be on a team somewhere. Which means he might not even be in great playing shape. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I don't know about him. He's hanging out with Jeffree Star. Uh, so I don't <laughs> I don't know um, if he wants to play. But there's a couple names out there. But I like it's just going to be – I think it's going to be Hudson definitely for this week. And we'll see going forward. I think Stefanski said it's, it's Hudson right now, but they're going to work through it this week, which is very noncommittal, you know, to him. Um but yeah, I we'll see because that that definitely talk about a rough week to go in because the the Browns defense is great and the Ravens defense is it, and I mean they're on the same level with us. We're the, oh yeah, the, you know what I mean. Like, um, so tough week to to lose your starting left tackle. Yes, it is. All right, we will dive here now into Kenny Max voicemail. Yo, guys, it is Kenny Mack, and I am the most relaxed I've been during and after a game in a long time. Man, the defense did what they were supposed to do. Listen, Cards, they had a fifth-rounder starting for the first time ever, rookie, and then they had a third string and a practice squad running back. They were missing their one of their better receivers, and we only held them or let them have 58 yards we hold them to eight percent and third down efficiency we got two interceptions and seven sacks that's exactly what we wanted and with the offense you just need to be mediocre just throw a couple yards up there don't turn it over and that's what they did the only thing i don't like i think we run forward too much man he loses a lot of yards on his runs like it's either like one yard minus one yard or it's 10 plus yards like it's odd seeing that guy play or the playing time that he gets want to see more pierre strong give it to kareem a bit more he's awesome on the goal line and i liked what they did with the new returner look great peace boys big win let's go browns take the ravens down I'm glad he mentioned about the turnovers because that's something I've been harping on like crazy this entire season is just stop turning the ball over on offense and you'll be okay. And we finally put together a game with no turnovers. So it, I, so I, it would have been it. our second uh, shutout probably of the year. Yeah. I tried uh, to, uh, I was trying to comment it when you guys were doing your preview episode. Um, if, if you went back outside of Deshaun's pick against the Colts when he's clearly not healthy, Nobody on this team has turned the ball over that is a starter or not a backup quarterback since Elijah Moore's fumble in the Titans game week three. So, like, the turnover is obviously a problem for the Browns, but they've been all the turnovers have been by DTR and and PJ Walker. Nobody else has a turnover except for those two guys since week three. What about the, the pitch from Walker to Ford where it just went through his arms? I feel like that's on Ford. It's I maybe mean, not, but I'm pretty sure it's still attributed to PJ Walker. Yeah, it could be either you know way. I mean? Just some of that and sloppy even Ford, stuff. And even Ford is still not a starter, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, but still no, nobody has had their hand in the turnover outside of DTR or PJ Walker since week three. Okay. That's so, and, and we immediately get, we get our starting quarterback back and immediately have no turnovers. Yeah. So I feel like, yes, it was an issue, but I hope getting Deshaun back, like we see a huge drop off in the turnovers. Um, one thing I wanted to, we had a voicemail from Kenny Mack. I want to give him a shout out. Yes. Sent me this Ottawa Browns backers or not. This isn't a Browns backers t-shirt. 
this is an Ottawa Rough Riders t-shirt. This is a like, vintage CFL t-shirt. They're not even called this anymore because they weren't allowed because there's another team called this. <laughs> Huge like Canadian beef. He was telling me about it. That's awesome. So he sent me this vintage t-shirt. I told him I was going to wear it on the show. It's awesome. Shout out to Kenny Mack. Also, I wanted to talk about Kenny Mack's Movember campaign. For anybody who's listening, you guys all know who Kenny Mack is. He's calling in all the time. He's been on the show. He's a great friend, supporter of the show. Kenny Mack, cancer survivor, runs a Movember campaign every November to raise awareness for men's cancer research and men's mental health. Uh, we donate from the show. We donate personally. Uh, if you feel inclined and you would like to help out, I'm actually posting the link in the comment section right now. So if that's something you're interested in, we want to help Kenny reach his goal. I think it's $2,500 this year. Uh, he does it every year. It's a great thing. So I'm posting the link now. We'll also post it in the description of the video when we post this as just an episode. But check out Kenny Max Movember campaign. Uh, it's a really great cause. Kenny's a great guy. He helps out the show a ton. Sends me t-shirts. Um, so let's help him hit his goal. I think uh, we can all do that. Yeah, we have thousands of people who watch. If everybody does it and donates $1, yeah. Kenny will hit his goal pretty easily. So I wanted to get that out there for Kenny Mack. Nope, that's awesome. Kenny's, <clears throat> Kenny's awesome. Um, so I just kind of noticed that there's somebody in the chat who's just been popping off, it seems, about Deshaun. Dennis? Yeah. He says, I don't know what source is a liar. People said Deshaun played with a torn ACL, broken ribs, and he can't play with a hurt shoulder. And then he put 12,000 question marks. Dennis, um, I saw your comments. To be honest, I just don't give a shit about you. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't going to answer you. I mean, let's do this. Go outside with a football and raise your shoulder, what, about to right here, and then just see how far you can throw it. Yeah. Well, because that's, that's what Deshaun... That's all he could do. He could not even raise his arm. Like it's different whenever you have other injuries and you're able to still make that body part function good enough. You're throwing a football. Yeah. And if your shoulder won't allow you to do it, you can't do it. I separated my AC joint, in my right shoulder and tore my rotator cuff. I couldn't even hold a cup. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even throw a cornhole back. I was, I went to Justin's wedding and needed help wiping my rear <laughs> because I did it the night before. So it's like, just people are dumb. Yeah. Uh, for the people, for Deshaun haters or whatever, I, I, I actually sent this to my dad because he's been a little bit of a hater at times. Deshaun Watson um, in his last two healthy starts, okay, 46 to 63, 73% completion percentage, 508 yards, four touchdowns, 38 rushing yards, zero turnovers, and 115.45 QB rating. But Blake, those were against really bad defenses. Yeah, I, don't, I was looking over here. I'm like, who's talking that? <laughs> and, um, and here's the deal. I think we've watched both these games, and we don't even feel like he's at where we expect him to be yet. Right. Exactly. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? So it's like, is the, does he have room to improve still? Yes. If you watch this game, you know he did not play flawless football, especially early. But did we? this is why we want him to come back this week and not next week. Yes. I'm not even I'm Tune not even, game. I'm not even 100% certain he's going to be able to play well enough next week to be as effective as we want him to be against the like like I said he's still almost in he went back to preseason mode essentially he missed so much time okay uh, and he's got to get his feet under him he's got to get up to speed all that good stuff um but he's just got to play Come come see me in a month and let's see where he's at okay I do I do I expect him to come out next week and be like dog crap no. no but if do i expect that next week we could still see like a couple throws that aren't exactly on point or maybe he's a little late seeing so i 100 percent still expect that it's he's still 
basically getting back into football shape after being out for five weeks. So exactly. And just because he's the starting franchise quarterback is getting paid all this money. Everybody likes to point out doesn't mean that NFL defenses are just going to let him do whatever he wants to do to him. I mean, everybody's game planning, trying to stop the Browns offense when they face them. Come on. We've seen Patrick Mahomes have a couple stinker games this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts doesn't always, he always puts up good fantasy numbers, but his passing numbers aren't always stellar. Joe Burrow's had some bad games. These highly paid, you know, top end quarterbacks that everybody points to, they all have bad games. You know, not everybody has a a C.J. Stroud game every week. It doesn't happen. uh, There's enough positivity around the Browns that I don't feel like we have to always talk about the haters. Yeah. But I I will say, I mean, just like, uh, when did winning games not become enough? You know, I know we're winning. We're a winning organization right now. So how is two touchdowns, 200 something yards, no turnovers, not good enough? Yeah. And and just because you like. I saw Peyton Manning have bad games. Yeah. He got paid a lot of money. I saw Tom Brady have bad games. Patrick Mahomes has bad games. His contract's for half a billion dollars. <laughs> right. That's billion with a B. Like yeah. people's turns out they're playing against other professionals. Sometimes the other teams are going to play well. Mm-hmm. We're not going on air. This isn't college. We don't get to play 10 cupcakes a year with two tough games that we conveniently got our bye the week before. So we had two weeks to prepare. Like, this is the NFL. Even bad teams are still the best players in the world. Right. It's never, there's a reason why the average margin of victory is three and a half points. If it was just good teams blowing out bad teams all the time, the average margin of victory would be two touchdowns. That's what I told somebody today. They said, oh, it was just the Cardinals. I said, what? So as soon as you lose a game in the NFL, then you automatically are slated for losses the rest of the season. That's not how it works. Like, that's why you play the games every week. Because any, we talk about it, any given Sunday, any team can win any week so and the cardinals are one of those teams too where it's like they they've played a lot of teams close so you don't see it on their record right. but it's not like they're pathetic and nobody gave the browns a shot in hell against the 49ers with pj walker at quarterback and we beat them yeah and and here's the deal too is the cardinals aren't a great football team their offense is trash their defense isn't like their defense right. isn't yeah. t- terrible. They just held a Lamar to 157 yards passing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the Ravens did what they needed to do to get the win. Do you think like this is, you have to give Aaron Butler credit in here. He never complains about the way the Ravens win. He just and, says and, they win. And, they just, and I get the sense that it's Ravens fans and you never hear them apologizing that it took a 61, 63 yard field goal to beat a bad team by Justin Tucker. All they say is we came out and did what it took to win. I, I trust me, I hate the Ravens and most of their fans annoy the crap out of me. Aaron's kind of grown on me the last, you know, three years. <laughs> um, but yep. I wish we could adapt some of that mentality where you realize that this is a meat grinder of a league and a schedule. Like you're, you don't just win every game because you're supposed to win. Like you have to be almost perfect to win football games, even against the bad teams. So like, just stop thinking like winning is winning. This isn't the BCS college football era where you had to have style points, right? This is winning is winning. Everybody's on a playing in a pretty even playing field. You, the the separation between your best players and your worst players is way smaller at this level than like say high school, where your best player is you know going D one and your worst player on the worst team uh, should probably be in the choir. You know what I mean? Like the, there, there isn't that separation on the field. Everybody is the best in the world at what they do. They were all the best on their high school team, the best on their college team, and now they're in the pros. Yeah. So it's like Browns fans have to just wrap their head around the fact that 
winning is winning and it's going to be tough and sometimes it's going to be ugly but all that matters is winning I mean, it was just like a couple of years ago, whenever the Steelers were somehow still winning games with Duck Hodges. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. And everybody's like, well, that Mike Tomlin, he can get get that team up to win when no matter who's playing quarterback. Well, Kevin just did that with PJ Walker. <laughs> yeah, but gets blamed for having yeah, a bad offense. Yeah, but they want to fire him. I guess Steeler fans all want to fire Tomlin too, which, you know, maybe outside the organization, nobody understands that mentality, but we just got to cool down and just, you know, we're, we're, like you said, we're a winning team right now. We're five and three. Like we're in the playoffs. If it started today, it's awesome. I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like with the people who want to fire Stefanski, they talk crap about Barry, all this stuff. And it's like, do you realize that they're trying to build a culture? I've, I've said it on this, this podcast before in the past, like you can turn around your team wins to losses pretty quick. Like you can, you see every year there's a team yeah. that goes from last in their division to making the playoffs. But do they sustain it? The sustaining part is the culture. Guess what doesn't build a good culture? Coaching carousels, mm-hmm. letting players go because they have a bad game, you know, media problems. That's where you they're building a culture. You want the Browns to be a place that is an, a place where people want to go work. The best coaches want to come to Cleveland to work because it's a great organization. You don't get that reputation overnight. It takes years. It takes consistency. It takes... Um, winning. It takes making good decisions, it, good hires, sticking with people, having their back. You do that over time. So how dumb would the Browns look if they fired a coach who has an above 500 win percentage and he's coached most of his games, 80% of his games with backup quarterbacks? And the people who say we shouldn't be happy with being 500, I'm not I'm not happy being 500. I understand that it's a grind to get to where you want to go. And most of the coaches in the NFL right now, they hover around the 500. Your guys in the, like the 60% win percentage, 600 win percentage, those are your Hall of Famers. Yeah. Even Pete Carroll's a two-time Super Bowl champion is only 584. So you realize if Pete Carroll and Kevin Stefanski both coach 100 games, Pete Carroll, who's going to the Hall of Fame, would only win five more games than Kevin Stefanski <laughs> if you extrapolate it out to 100 games. That's crazy. Like, there, you, it's not college. Urban Meyer, you know, there's no Urban Myers and Nick Sabans walk around where they win eight, eight, yeah, right. 50, you know, 85% of their games. Yeah. That, it's not the way it works in this league. Browns fans are delusional sometimes with the way they think about that. And, it, like, that's why I spend three-fourths my time online <laughs> trying to get through people's heads. Did you make that point earlier about how Brown? you just think that the – so much of the fan base had just gotten into that routine of, well, you know, it's been a couple of years now. We haven't, you know, done what we want to do. It's time to fire everybody. Like but that, that I was the routine for a while. That might've been Kenny Mack. Okay. Um, Cause I was in the, the discord four hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But yeah, it's, it seems to be like commonplace for, for Browns fans. They're so, it's like, they're just used to losing. It's like, <laughs> It's like a safe space for them. It's like they don't know what they're going to do if they're good. Yeah. It's like the spotlight's on them. <laughs> yeah, like they don't want the spotlight on them. So it's like, well, let's just be four and, you know, four and 13. I'm happy like that. Like this should be happy that we're winning in and that the, everything we want is right out in front of us. Yeah. Like the, the, the playoffs are, if the season ended right now, all four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs, which is crazy to say. Um, we have, we, are 100% the best division of football. And, and to be honest, I don't see anybody in the AFC North falling off. I no. If you look at the people chasing, uh, if you look at the people chasing, it's the Bills, uh, the Jets, Texas. the Patriots, and the Texans. CJ Stroud. 
holy shit. Yeah, that guy is crazy. They nailed that pick. Yeah. Um, but are they going to sustain it to a playoff berth this year? I don't know. I really hope not because I have a bet with one of our <laughs> Patreon members that they won't hit seven wins. So I need them to kind of falter. Uh, but um, I, I would still pick us to beat the te- like. Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, I, I think the Bills are in serious jeopardy of falling off hard this season. They're having trouble. They're having, they're struggling right now. What are they? Five and three, five and five four, and four, I think. five yeah. and four. And they have a brutal schedule coming up. Brutal schedule. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm the Jets. It, they have Zach Wilson. We don't talk about exactly. Them. Like they're a lot like us right now. The difference is their quarterback's not coming back anytime soon. Right. Okay, and I know Aaron Rodgers is up and walking around and throwing a football. There's a huge difference between that and playing football at a high level. Okay, I I just can't believe he will be back this season. Yeah, there's just I know. there's just no way. Um, it's like a year long injury. There's no way he's going to cut six months off of it and come back in four months. Um, and I'm the Patriots. It's not the Patriots. It's the Colts. The Colts. And, Patriots and, are two and seven. It's not the Patriots. Okay, not the Patriots. <laughs> it's the Colts. Uh, and the Raiders, actually, they're both four and five. The Chargers are clear down at three and four. Now, after the night, they might be four and four, but they've yeah, I mean, fallen off already. So there's, I just feel like if the Browns come out and they take care of business against the team, like the next two weeks, that we have monumental games the next two weeks. Yep. Okay. I think just go at least, just go one and one. When you one of them. Just win one, one of, of them. them. And, and if we lose to the Ravens, maybe we're kissing the division goodbye and it sucks. It is what it is. But. I again, I think just go out there and just win 10 or 11 games. You're going to be in a wild card to me. The, I mean, if, if you go one and one, the Ravens is not the worst case scenario to lose to them because they're already in first place. They're already so many games ahead of us. Steelers are right there with us. Yes. Record wise. That's the team we need to take down because mm-hmm. that gives us that full game. Yes. Or whatever, so, you know? Um, yeah. So it's just, uh, this like even one loss, like that's what, that's what I'm trying. I'm coming to grips with early, you know, after the Steelers lost during the season, I was, and I'm slow. It's a long season mm-hmm. and you can lose this week and win the, the next week. And you're right back to where you just were. So it's like, um, the whole season's there go one and one the next two weeks. And then you got Broncos, uh, you got, um, who's there's winnable games Texans are coming up the Jags the Bears the Bears, Bears. yes it's Broncos it. Bears. Bears yes you know what I mean like Very if Justin games. Fields come back we're gonna sack him doesn't matter times. who plays quarterback honestly it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for most of these teams yes so we have to do what we can you yeah know, we just can't come out and just drop the ball you beat the teams you're supposed to be and then steal a couple yeah um before we wrap it up I wanted to ask you guys did you see any updates on Marquise Goodwin was it just a concussion I as far as his injury. No, I didn't. So did you see the play whenever he went down? First of all, I thought that was a really nice throw by Deshaun Watson. I thought I thought Marquise Goodwin, oh my gosh, he was going to make one hell of a catch. He jumped just a tick too soon. He jumped and he had to do that thing where you almost like extend yourself in the air to stay airborne just a second longer. If he holds off and jumps a little bit later, he comes down with that catch. But I mean, he couldn't get up on his own. He tried to get up on his own and I saw him go straight back to his knees and the guys finally got their his arms around them and picked him up and helped him walk off. But, you know, if, if we don't have Goodwin, which a concussion, we probably won't. Mm-hmm. We've already, you know, DPJ is gone. We don't use anybody outside of Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. And even Elijah Moore. You only uh, had two, two, for, two 14. for 14. I mean, it's Cedric Tillman Joku, did nothing. And Joku's starting to get more involved, which is good. Thank God. But weeks. I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to worry about our, uh, 
our depth and our talent at wide receiver. Not that it's necessarily hindered us to this point that we've been able to win without them. But what do we, I mean, Goodwin was kind of that, that guy we relied on and, you know, doing the, the end of rounds and stuff that here's Moore my thing. Do. Maybe it's part system. Again, I've defended Stefanski, but there's still things in the offense. I wish we'd do more. I wish we'd do more motions and that good stuff and, and scheme in, get guys the ball in space, that kind of thing. So maybe that's part of it. Some of it is I think we as Browns fans early in the year and we hype up a lot of these guys and you hear the term jag. They're just a guy. Elijah Moore might just be just a guy. I don't want to say it, but like he sometimes when he gets the ball, I don't see great instincts with the ball in his hand. It's almost like Jerome Ford. You know what I mean? Like it's um, he catches the ball and he, and he's open. And so like, but that's why, we kind of knew that coming in. And if you're going to pay Deshaun, it's to elevate these guys. He's elevating Amari Cooper. David Joke is getting more involved. Uh, I think you'll see some guys like as the more Deshaun plays, the more comfortable he gets, then the more comfortable Kevin gets with Deshaun. Mm-hmm. You'll see it start to open up more. Again, Deshaun just got to play. He's got to play, and we got to try to keep guys healthy to get this offense in a rhythm. Like, I still don't have great expectations for the offense in terms of gaudy numbers. I just wanted to take care of the football, keep us in football games, take the plays that are there, stay ahead of the chains until we can get everybody on the same page. Because it's it might take two, three more weeks before like we're actually in a rhythm with this offense. It's just that that one moment where Amari went off limping the other day. I was a little nervous because I'm like, well, now who are we throwing the ball to? Because he's uh, Todd says, I think I didn't get to talk about this. I think it was a mistake letting go of DPJ. Mm. Uh, my my thing is, is um, he just wasn't doing anything. And he says, like, if Amari gets hurt, we're, we're screwed. We've seen Amari go down before and DPJ didn't go off the charts that like he doesn't get open. He makes great contested catches, but the reason he makes great contested catches is because he's not really ever open. Uh, I think his PFF like separation grades are. are Yeah, he's not a separator. That's not his. That's not his ball game. And he was probably not going to come back. So to get anything for him, and people are like, he's going to go to Detroit and light it up. He's going to be wide receiver four probably. Yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to get the ball much. Like I liked EPJ. I liked everything he did. Absolutely. In especially considering he's a Michigan guy. Yeah. The fact that I feel like Cleveland fans really like him, it's a testament to the way he conducted himself as a Cleveland Brown. But I just don't think it's this major loss that some people were making it out to be. Yeah. I think a lot of it, like you said, was the preseason hype. He can't, coming off a year where he almost had 900 yards last year, and it was like, wow, he might really blow up this year with Deshaun Watson for a full season. Didn't come true. It just It's not what happened. He was not utilized in the offense, like you said. Doesn't create separation, wasn't getting open. I mean, it's just one of those situations where you've got this third round pick that you invest in Cedric Tillman. You already know he's the future. DPJ is not staying here next year. So might as well go ahead and, you know, recoup what you can. And they did. So imagine, uh, imagine being Dennis Schultz (laughs) and you're a grown man and you have so little to do in life. Your life is so worthless and meaningless. Oh, and you you're such, killing this guy. You have such little going on <laughs> that you spend time getting yeah. into a Browns podcast live just to say bad things. Like, you have nothing else going on in your life. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Like, do you want us to send you? We could send you an autograph or something. If it I don't even know what he's talking about. You commentators lowballing your own team. We're he's, the most optimistic we're, Browns we're podcast <laughs> out there. I will say this. One thing that I have heard from people that like our show is that we're, we we come from to it from a fan perspective. We're not NFL analysts. We're not all this stuff. We come from a fan perspective, and we call it like we see it. Not always right. Not always wrong. 
but we're not afraid to just tell you what we think. Yep. So, I mean, we're not lowballing anything. We, the Browns just shut out a team 27 to nothing. Was it perfect? No. No NFL game is perfect. We made mistakes. There are things that we need to get fixed. It was a good win. Work on, but it was still a good win. Both things can be true. You can have a great win and still say, but these things right here need fixed. That's why teams go back to practice and watch the film and continue to work. Yeah. So I just uh, don't, I don't understand the mentality. Blows it, my mind. We're going to wrap this thing up here. I do want to say, just because who knows if I'll get to be on the preview, um, <laughs> this Ravens game coming up. I think I think the first Ravens game, obviously DTR played. He was um, in over his head. Obviously, I think it's going to be a very tough matchup. Like to go into Baltimore and get a win is not easy. I would say we're underdogs. That being said, we were right now. we were underdogs against the Niners too. We can come out and we can play with these. Like you saw the Colts beat them. You saw the Cardinals hang around with them. Like we can come out and we can play these guys. If we, if we limit mistakes, limit turnovers, keep it a game going into the fourth quarter. The biggest takeaway I want to have out of this Ravens game, honestly, is defensively. I want to see us play a very solid game against a team that has a solid offense. They don't put up gaudy offensive numbers, but they're just crazy efficient. The the Ravens are. Yeah. And I want to see us play tough and make them earn it because you see even best defenses in the, in the league, the, if you're playing a good offense, they're going to get theirs. You know, like sure. that, that, that bills chiefs playoff game bills had the number one defense. She's went down the field in 13 seconds. Yep. Like, but I want to see us make them earn it. So like, am I going to, am I going to be mad if the Ravens scored 24 points? No, I'm not going to be, but is it, was it a hard earned 24? You know, I want to see the defense. I don't expect us to hold them to 58 yards of offense. It's not realistic. I just want to see us make, I want them to feel us for whole 60 minutes. I want to make them earn it. I want to keep it close. I want right. to keep it a game in the, keep it a game late in the fourth quarter than anything can happen. And, and I don't want to be victims of our own mistakes like we have been in the past. Like you said, make them earn it. No turnovers, no stupid fumbles, no, inter- you know, none of this stuff. Stupid penalties, all that. We just need to play a clean game, do what we can. I mean, we saw what the what happened to the 49ers coming off of a huge win against they they blew out the Cowboys and then they came to Cleveland and guess what happened? They got beat. Yeah. So the Ravens just came off a blowout win against Seattle. And now here come the Browns into town. I know we're banged up and everything, but we got our quarterback back. And, and just don't give them the ball in the red zone because yeah. if I mean if we That killed us last time. We pin them deep. We got a great punter, and they got to start driving ninety yards on us. That that really opens up what our defense is capable of. We say it all the time. Lamar is yeah, he's been a lot more efficient this year, but he's still prone to mistakes. Not this year. <laughs> uh, no, but that's because he, I think he's been getting. I, I haven't watched any Ravens games, but I mean I, his just completions predict- are I, high. I, I know we're not doing a you know yeah. preview, but I just think I feel like this game's going to be closer because. Obviously, oh, yeah. the quarterback situation, but then just it's not just because Deshaun can make passes, it's because of what the other things that he brings or that he DTR won't do. didn't bring. Yes, exactly. he will hopefully not throw three picks, correct? Right, you know what I mean, so I expect it to be a closer game. I hope it's a tough fought game again. I don't necessarily expect gaudy numbers out of the offense, uh, because they have a great defense, but I what I, I don't want to see gaudy numbers out of their offense either. I want this to be a tight, toughly fought AFC North battle, and if I obviously want to come out. There's no more victories in the NFL, but if we play these guys tough, let the league know, like it, the Browns are going to be here for the whole season. Yeah. You know, the first game where they got to play against DTR, that was a fluke. So, uh, 
I just want to get some my two cents in on the Ravens just because I didn't know. I don't know when we're going to do the preview episode, and I haven't got permission to do two episodes a week yet. So, <laughs> uh, so I want to get my two cents in on that. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up. We appreciate everybody stopping in here, hanging out with us on a Victory Monday. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. Again, if you want to donate to Kenny's uh, Movember campaign, we appreciate it. I know Kenny appreciates it. Uh, the link is somewhere in the comments. I'll see if I can still... I can't, I no longer have the paste option. It went away on my phone. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure we get it back out there. It's yep. in our, it's on our Twitter. It's actually on our YouTube and the community post, but we'll make sure it's in the uh, description for the video as well. If you want to donate to that, let's help him get to his goal. Uh, big win for the Browns. We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we appreciate all the support and uh, we'll see you guys later this week when we do the Ravens preview. Go Browns. Go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.